It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. We are back with another Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. John Corrales here with Jay King. This is the immediate reaction to the Kevin Durant signing, Kevin Durant going to the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Golden State, already a pretty good team, just got a lot better. So we'll, we'll talk about how that's going to affect the NBA and, and what the Celtics should do uh, in, in reaction to that. But, Jay, I mean, the initial reaction from us is, wow, like that, that was – that momentum started recently. I never really gave that much thought. I didn't think that he would go to Golden State. I thought he'd want to compete against them. See, inside the NBA, people have been talking about the possibility for maybe like two years. And it all I always met it with like a little skepticism. Like, yeah, okay, Durant's going to go play with those guys as good as they are. Just kind of not piggyback his way to a title because he'll either be their first or or first with like a like right below Steph Curry as their best player, but you you never I never really allowed myself to believe it was actually going to happen until it did, and, and now now the Warriors might win seventy five games. They are absolutely stacked. They have maybe the three very best shooters in the entire NBA in Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Klay Thompson in some order. I don't even know what order it is anymore. And, yeah, everybody might be playing for second place at this point. That's It's, it's insane. And today I kind of woke up and, and had this feeling like, man, if Durant goes to Golden State, that really screws up a lot of plans. You look at it from the Celtics' perspective, here they are obviously pursuing Durant and now not getting him. That That's one thing. But then having him go to a team that is now they, – they have to be the favorites to win the next four or five championships at this point. How do you put a team together that is going to compete with that? Like you just have to put your head down and say, we're just going to try to get to the finals and hope something happens. Maybe somebody sprains an ankle or something. But I know GMs around the league have to be sitting there like, well, how do we compete against this? Well, the Warriors will have to re-sign Stephen Curry next year when he becomes a free agent. So his cap number will go way up. They'll have to re-sign Durant. They won't have his bird right, so they'll have to keep cap space for that. So they'll kind of have to gut their supporting cast again next year like they're going to have to do now with Festus Azili and Andrew Bogut and Harrison Barnes. So, I mean, maybe you could hope that they get thin enough where you can just t- take advantage of their bench the whole time. I, d- I don't know. There's, there's not a lot of hope there if Durant stays there past, past one year. He will have an option to become a free agent again in one season if that's what he chooses. But, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And Again, the Celtics sitting there, they signed Al Horford. That makes them 
maybe an Eastern Conference finalist. You know, they, they might surpass Toronto. Who knows? They, they could play against the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals. But, again, they're, they're so far away from competing with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're so far away from competing with... Now, I mean, the Warriors are just so stacked. So, But, but from a Celtics perspective, I, I think they move on. I think they guarantee the contracts of Amir Johnson and Jonas Jerebko. And I think you just push, push the flexibility toward next season. Uh, I, they, they still have all the trade assets to go after whatever star comes free. Maybe, maybe Russell Westbrook comes free. We've talked about that before on the podcast. But now Durant's left. Now, you know, they, they've got to really, really fear that Russell's going to leave now. So uh, he, he, he could be out there. Blake Griffin, who knows with the Clippers. Now the Clippers have to be thinking like, man, we have no shot. We probably didn't have a shot before. We definitely don't have a shot now. So who knows what they might do. This could have a huge impact on how teams approach the rest of the offseason. You know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, they just won a title. Maybe they want to trade Kevin Love now because who knows? They, they don't think they're good enough anymore. And, and they, they think they need to get other pieces to get better. So who knows what could happen. This is going to have ripple effects everywhere. And the Celtics... They're poised to benefit. If, if anybody makes a panic trade, if anybody moves a star, if anybody starts to lose hope, the Celtics are sitting there with all their trade assets, and and they're ready to make moves. So it might help the Celtics, even though right now it looks like nobody has a chance but Golden State. Yeah, that's that's going to be what Danny Ainge has to be looking at. It's the, the, the chaos, the ensuing chaos of this signing what can he take advantage of? And, and that's the one thing that he's really, really good at, that he's probably sitting there waiting for that Players' Tribune tweet, and it, once he read it, like, oh, crap, we didn't get him. Well, now let's take a look. I, I fully expect the Russell Westbrook bidding to start now. I'm sure Sam Presti's phone is already buzzing because, yeah, you can't let two stars of that caliber leave for nothing. You know, you Durant is gone. You got nothing in exchange for him. Now you got Westbrook, and and I don't know what the market is going to be because he can be a free agent next year. But you have to at least make the phone call to see. And and, and who knows? Who know? You could completely reshape the Celtics with Westbrook at, at, along with Horford. So and and you're right. We we did talk about this a few times. The Clippers thing is a great point, I think, because when you're sitting there in the West. And you know that you're you're kind of close, but not close enough. How do you approach that? How does Doc Rivers sit there and approach this season? Who does he get now? Maybe maybe he tries to load up. Maybe they try to make a, a trade and load up their roster. I don't know. I, that that's hard to comprehend at this point. But there are going to be a lot of moving pieces. Golden State has to move pieces. Bogut has to go. Harrison Barnes, who I don't want, has to go. But somebody's going to sign him. And who knows who else has to go. Uh, at this summer to to make room and and build a roster around Durant and those guys. So Ainge has a lot of decisions to make. I'm with you. I think the uh, I think Jarebko's back. I think Amir Johnson's back. I don't know if there's a shooter out there that maybe he can just add a shooter to the bench or something. Uh, I would like to see something like that just to get something. We need shooting. We need shooting in Boston. I'd like to get somebody, I don't know who's left out there off the top of my head, that is relatively affordable that doesn't screw up the plans for next summer. 
Yeah, it could be tough, though. And, and who knows what happens with Jared Sullinger and, and Tyler Zeller. Uh, Zach Lowe was tweeting last night. Uh, he made a good point that a lot, a lot of the restricted free agent big men are left, and there aren't a lot of teams that need big men left with cap space. So the market for those guys may not be as big as the market has been for other big man free agents like Joe Kim Noah, Timothy Mozgov, other guys that, that m- might otherwise have comparable contracts. You know, Sullinger and Zeller might have to settle for something less. And if, if their deals come in below market value, you know, who, who knows? Maybe the Celtics will, will keep one of those guys despite adding Horford. Uh, I, I do think they would like to add shooting, but at, the, at this stage of the offseason, it's tough. There, yeah. there really, there really isn't a lot of shooting. Shooting guards have gone like crazy. Like Evan Turner yeah. for four years, seventy. I, I saw somewhere the average shooting guard has made seventeen point five or seventeen point six million dollars per year on his next contract this summer, and there are only two All Star appearances out of the whole group, and those both belong to Demar Derozan. So <laughs> th- that's I mean, crazy. Even a guy- even a guy like Etwan Moore, who I thought would be a nice little option coming off the bench, got what, like ten million a year? He got a four year deal for almost ten million a year. So that's that's a lot. That's a lot. But that's the landscape that we're in. Uh, I like I like the idea of Sullinger coming back and, and coming off the bench. I I just don't think Zeller I'd be surprised. And especially if you guarantee Amir Johnson, then Zeller what he didn't play last year. What's he going to do this year? You've added Al Horford, so that's that's one more guy in front of him. So I think Sullinger coming off the bench might not be a bad option, and you, you just kind of go from there and then just hope for the big splash next summer. I know we're disappointed, but we had so many tantalizing rumors, and we thought, hey, Durant, it, it felt possible, it felt really good, and we we're running off of that high after Horford, and we saw Tom Brady. We we're all kind of pumped, but. This has been a pretty good summer for the Celtics. And getting Horford is a huge, huge deal. And that hasn't changed much about the landscape in Boston. They're still very much on the upswing. You can still look at them as potentially the second or third best team in the East, depending on how some things shake out. But they're going to be up there, and they're going to be a pretty good team. And who knows how far they get in the playoffs. And they still have, like you said, a ton of assets and a couple of great draft picks coming up and money and all of that. So this has still been pretty good. I'm comfortable with running it with who we got. I think Horford, you bring back Sullinger, and I guess my my dream of adding more shooting somehow may not come true, but I'm good. I'm good here. It's just got to get off the initial shock of Durant and, and Durant going to the Warriors of all teams. Yeah, and when you talk about shooting, obviously Al Horford is a big upgrade there. You know, those mid-range jumpers that Sullinger clanks or, or those threes that Sullinger bricked. You know, all of a sudden you have Horford, who, who's deadly from the mid-range and who has become pretty good from three-point range too. So I, I think he makes a big difference from shooting. And then you hope Isaiah Thomas gets a little better. You hope the young guys, Marcus Smart, uh, even Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, you hope they get a little better. And, and if everybody makes a little internal development, then all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at a team that finished 13th in offense last year with Horford with a little internal improvement. That could get get up into the top 10 pretty easily, I think, 
And then they had had the fourth best defense last year. Now they add Horford to that. Maybe that's top three, top two. All of a sudden, you got a team that that's that's going to win probably fifty plus games, and then have because Brooklyn's going to stink again. I do like some of the moves the Nets have made, but they're going to be bad again. You're going to have a top five or so pick in next year's lottery, which is stacked. There's supposed to be several stars in next year's lottery. So everything everything is good for the Celtics right now. It, it would have been unbelievable if Durant signed, but that was all that was always a long shot. They they would have had to sell him on so much because all the other teams had ready-made contenders, whether it was the Thunder, the Spurs, the Warriors, everybody else was was ready. They they had they they didn't have to pitch him on anything because it was right there in front of him, sitting at the table across from him with Stephen Curry and Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala and and now, you know, he, he's he's on the Warriors, which is crazy. It's so crazy. Yeah. It's nuts. Uh, but the Celtics, yeah, I, I do think because of this, more teams will be likely to trade stars because everyone's going to look at the Warriors and say they're so far beyond everybody else that, you know, you you, don't, you probably don't have a chance. It's going to take maybe two injuries for them for another team to have a chance. Two big injuries. So that, it, it's, crazy. it's crazy right now. And poor, uh, poor, poor, good thing LeBron got his title now, you know. If, if, he, if, <laughs> if he didn't get that title last year, he might he might never have got one again. Oh man, yeah, that might be LeBron's last championship. It really might be. Uh, you made a good point about the Celtics' internal uh, improvement. I think that's something that we have to watch for. And the summer league is going to start soon, so we get to see if guys are getting better. I, maybe the shooting that we're looking for comes off of the Celtics bench. You know, Rozier. Uh, already was was shooting pretty well last year. If he can come in and be uh, a, a, a contributor there for R.J. Hunter, if he can figure out how to get that jump shot a little more, you know, a little tighter, I think th- maybe those guys could be the guys that uh, give us the shooting that we're looking for. So it's not all bad. It's it could it could come from within, and we'll see yeah. what Jalen Brown becomes. Yeah, and I I, I do also think. As bad as Marcus Smart shot the ball this past season, I think it's it's easy to expect him to improve at least a little bit. He was historically bad as a shooter last season, and the year before he was he was halfway decent from three. So if he regresses to the mean a little bit, then th- that makes a big difference. And then Horford again, also a big difference. So may, they're not going to be the best shooting team in the league. They're not going to be even close. Uh, they. They definitely don't have anybody like like the Warriors have, but the, I do think that that you should expect an uptick from at least Smart because it's almost impossible for him to be as bad as he was last year. And now he 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 has a healthy summer without the the finger issues he dealt with the previous year. So I I do expect him to take at least a little uptick higher and and maybe he'll stop taking all those stupid threes that he takes and and settle down a little bit now that he's a year older. Shot selection would be huge. I think that's that's the first place where he starts because the shot selection has not been great. Uh, last word on Durant. I'm just kind of curious what your feeling is. I want to see how this plays out publicly because LeBron did it a different way and the decision was really, really bad the way he handled it and the, the TV thing. But here you have Durant and leaving the team that he the only team he's ever known going to form another super team and announcing it on the players tribune i wonder if 
things are going to turn because Durant is like universally liked. People don't hate Kevin Durant. I think people are going to start hating Kevin Durant, and I think people are going to start hating the Warriors. Yeah, it's weird because last year he and Stephen Curry might have been the two most loved players in the league, and now they're joining forces, and people are going to hate them. And I don't know if I I don't know if I agree with it. I I, I would love to play with the Warriors too. Like like what when you look what when you look at that team, just the way they play, the ball movement, the player movement, the the unselfishness, the the egolessness. Even though they have so many great players. That has to be so attractive to Kevin Durant after you know so so many years of ISO ball and fighting to get shots with his own teammate Russell Westbrook. Now he's got this like free flowing offense, and everything's going to come so much easier for him because of it. I, I think you're going to see him put up some stupid efficiency numbers next year, and I think I mean they're going to win seventy plus games again. They're going they're they're going to win a title it, it's already written in in the books it's it's over but yeah I don't hate the move I, I I'm not one of those guys who thinks you shouldn't play with top talent I think everybody has to play with top talent whether whether you get it in your own organization whether you get it somewhere else this this feels a little different though because he's joining a 73 win team he, he's not joining with Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch in like some new concoction that nobody had ever seen before and nobody knew exactly how it fit on the court. He is moving to a ready-made team, and he's just that extra piece, obviously the, the, the best extra piece you could ever find. But it, it, it does feel a little different because of that. So I, I think that's why people are going to dislike this move and, and hate on him, and there's going to be a lot of backlash because of it. But... I'd want to play with the Warriors too, man. I, I would want to play in that style 100% of the time and have so much fun for the next year at least. And he could become a free agent again next summer. I would be surprised if, if he opts to leave at that point. But who knows? It's possible. It's possible. I think he's just doing it to get more money. But, yeah, man, it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I wonder how the league feels because the league probably doesn't love the fact that one team is so good and the, the rest of the, the league is, is sitting there thinking basically that the season is over. I have a lot of people already tweeting me, messaging me, season's over. Well, why even bother playing the regular season? That's not something the league office is probably very high on right now. So the yeah, interesting but, to see. But one thing I would have to say is it took like the perfect storm of circumstances. You, you know, one, Stephen Curry has a ridiculous contract. He's at $11 million for one more season, which – is like basically Della Vadova money at this point. And then, and then you had the salary cap goes up by $20 million in one year, which is unheard of, will never happen again. There was no smoothing of the cap, so everybody had cap space, including the teams that were stacked already. And so, so this is kind of a circumstance that will never happen again. And it was just really the perfect storm. And then who knows, if the Warriors win in the finals, maybe he doesn't go there because... He's like, I can't join a team that just won 73 games and has won the last two titles. But maybe it feels a little different to him since they lost and he's the piece that's going to push them over the top. So I, I don't know if that had any impact, but it's definitely an absurd group of circumstances. And it's it's just really, really, really fortunate for the Warriors. And the, the league won't like it, but the league should understand 
things like this aren't meant to happen. It was just a complete fluke occurrence on so many levels. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and see how this all plays out. It's, it's going to get real interesting for the Celtics, though. Danny Ainge still has moves to make, and we'll see if he's going to stand pat or if he's going to make some more moves this summer. Uh, of course, Summer League around the corner. We'll be here to talk about that. Uh, you can find this podcast if this is your first time listening. Welcome to the show. We appreciate having you here. Uh, if you're first, if you're a first time listener and you haven't subscribed, you can find us everywhere: iTunes, Google Play. Search "Locked On Celtics" and subscribe. Or if you want to just listen, if you're listening on Audio Boom, there's an RSS feed. Grab that, plug it into whatever podcast app that you use, and it'll come to you. You can listen on the go wherever. Give us a rating. We'd love five stars, uh, and that'd be it. That'd be great, (laughs) and that's it. So this is our immediate reaction podcast on the Kevin Durant signing in Golden State. This is the Locked On Celtics podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter, so it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday... We talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.